Good morning, America. Hey, rise and shine. This is Mark with the Daily Answer. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which is with the Father and was manifested to us. But we have seen and heard, we proclaimed you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Here's one of those sections of scripture where basically John is saying it's all true. That is, God came to earth, was born of a virgin, lived among us, walked on this earth, performed miracles, taught, was crucified, died for our sins, and was resurrected, and we saw it. And it's not a myth. It's true. It's real. It really happened. Along with that, I think he has pointed out that Jesus was real. He had a real body. Uh, he, the word did become flesh, John 1, 14. And we saw him and we touched him and he was real. He was not some sort of mystical thing. He was not just like this phantom that it looked like it was there. But no, God and flesh perfectly combined. And not only that, but John says our job is to testify about that, to bear witness. And John talks about that. What he's bearing witness to is the eternal life that was with the Father. That is, Jesus is not a created being. Is that Jesus is eternal, just like the Father is eternal. That Jesus is a self-existent being and doesn't need anyone else for his existence. That eternal life was manifested. That eternal life became flesh. And the Gospel of John would teach the same thing. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh John 1 1 and 1 14 and we proclaim this to you and and the, the reason is that we have fellowship with the father and the son we want you to have fellowship with the father and the son we want everyone to have fellowship with the father and with the son that that fellowship with the father is possible it, it's realistic it's not something that only a very few are a, a, ever able to discover, learn, um, accomplish that. This is not beyond your capability. And then John says, we, we write all this for our joy, our joy to be made complete. Is that, well, he would, he would write, later in one of the smaller epistles that we have no greater joy than to hear that you're walking in the truth. Then it says in verse five, this is the message we have heard from him. Uh, this is not a message that we invented. This is a message that we heard from Jesus and announced to you. That is, it's, it's the job of an apostle to take what Jesus 
taught me, what Jesus revealed to me, and the pass it on to you without any sort of modification. Okay, God is light. And I think, and it says also that in God is no darkness at all. That is, there's no, God has no hidden agenda. There's no dark side of God. There's nothing underneath the surface like, oh, that that, that looks pretty good, but man, there's something really devious going on there. And so that would mean that the command to put God first is not based on any sort of um, narcissistic tendencies in God. God should be placed first because God is God and God is so amazing. Uh, God deserves to be worshiped. It's not that God has some sort of dark desire to be worshiped, but he deserves to be worshiped because of how great he is and what he's done for us and all that he's done for us. And so there's no, there's no darkness in God. He is completely pure. His motivation for every command that he's ever given is our best interest. And you will see that. You, you will see that like in the law, in the book of Deuteronomy, that Deuteronomy at times will tell Israel, okay, in keeping these laws, you'll live long. Um, these laws are in your best interest. The Keeping these laws benefits you. That This is good for you to keep these laws. And, and they're given for your good. And they're given for your eternal good. If we say that we have fellowship with him, partnership with him, we have a connection with him, we're on the same page with him, yet walk in the darkness, we do, we lie, we don't practice the truth. And so we cannot ever make an argument like, yeah, I, I'm in sin, but I love God. Or, yeah, I'm not doing right, but God knows I love him. God, God does not allow that sort of self-deception. God says, no, if you're walking, and I think that's the idea, like you're behaving, you're living. If you're walking in darkness, and darkness is rebellion, sin, okay, not doing his will, doing your will. If that's what you're doing, then all your talk about how you love God and how important he is to you and you and him have a relationship and he's, uh, you know, yeah, he is the king of your life. He's the Lord of your life. John said, that's a lie. And it's no, and notice he says, we don't practice the truth. That is there, 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 the truth is something we need to believe, hear it, believe it, embrace it, but it's pretty meaningless to us. If I don't put that into practice, now I, I can read Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But if I don't practice it, well, then I'm lying when I say, well, oh yeah, I love, I love God. Or, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe in Jesus. And Jesus is saying, well, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? Book of Matthew chapter seven, verse 21. Then it says, but if we walk in the light, and I think that's really important. Notice the word if. There's no predestination here. There's no, 
you got people that are predestined to walk in the light and everyone else is going to walk in the darkness. And no matter how hard they try, they're always going to be in the darkness. No, it says, but if, that's a choice there, if we walk in the light, walk would be live, okay, and it would be like the idea of like consistency, consistently. So right there, that, that verse admits that I can consistently live the Christian life. I can consistently be walking in the light. That is, I can know what the light is. I can know when I'm in it. I can know what the light expects of me. I can also know immediately if I'm venturing in the darkness. So there's a lot in that verse if we walk in the light. And so I'm going to reject, I'm going to reject the proposal by many people that well, we're just all in sin and don't even know it. Well, that means that we that's impossible to walk in the light. Because walk in the light, remember, goes back to verse 6, is that we can't be practicing the darkness when we're walking in the light. As we walk in his light, as he himself is in the light, and that would be much like 1 Peter 1.14, be holy for I am holy. Or... Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. So the light that we're walking in is not the light of our own creating, of our own creation. It's not the light of our own in human enlightenment. And it's not we're walking in somebody else's light. Okay? It is that we're only walking in the light if we're walking where he is. And with our modern culture that we live in, hey, if I'm not doing what Jesus said, I'm not awake. I'm not woke. I am definitely not woke. Um, I'm not in the light. I mean, I'm, if I'm not where Jesus is, I'm in the darkness. And so the light that I'm walking in is the light that he says, this is light. Not what somebody else says, this is enlightened. Okay. So there's like human enlightenment or a human enlightenment movement. But there's a big difference between that and the light that Jesus is in. If we walk in the light as he himself is in light, we have fellowship with one another. That's, that's the basis of our fellowship with God is we're in the same light he's in. We're doing his will. We're living the way he said to live. We're doing what he said, we're adding to our life what he said to add to our life. We're getting rid of what he said to get rid of, all right? And I don't think that's no reason to make that complicated. That's really not complicated. The Bible's very clear on here's virtue, here's righteousness. Okay, here's darkness, here's sin, here's rebellion. Very clear on that. Do this, don't do this. Add that to your life, get rid of that. Uh, here's your obligations and responsibilities of the, as a Christian. And if you do these things, that keeps you out of heaven. Very clear on those sort of things. That, that's, that's not a mystery. It says, in the blood of Jesus' sin cleanses us from all sin. That fellowship with God, continued fellowship with God, is dependent upon walking in the light, which would mean in this passage that walking in the light includes owning up, coming clean when we do fall short or sin. That walking in the light here would include, okay, I'm living a Christian life. Oh, today I fell short. I did something I should not do. Okay. 
but I'm going to correct that. I'm going to acknowledge that. Okay. Going to turn in the other direction and I'm going to move forward. And that's the next verses. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. That is, if we say that, well, if we say that we have zero sin before God, that's obviously false. We've all have sin. If we say we've reached such a point of perfection that we don't sin anymore, period, that's also false, okay? That we've reached some point of, yeah, just absolute moral perfection, all right? Uh, or that we've, uh, we've reached this point where we never sin anymore. So that's false. If we confess our sins, notice the word if. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins. That's, okay. When it talks about his blood cleanses us from all sin, that, that's not an automatic sort of thing because the next verse makes it clear it's not automatic. That is, that cleansing of his blood only works when we own up when we sin, which means that we're, we must be able to see when we sin. This idea that we're all sinning and don't know it, that, that puts us in a, a real, this verse says, hey, you're only cleansed when you confess. Okay, but if you can't see it, you can't confess it. That also would say like, well, if I can't see it, that means that God's word is very inadequate to tell me like, well, where do I need to be? As, as if God hasn't given us enough information. So the idea, well, we're probably just all in sin and don't know it, man, that just that accuses God of giving a incredibly poor communication to mankind. I, I mean, imagine accusing like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably in trouble with the IRS and don't even know it. That is, they, I'm probably doing something wrong, but they are so confusing on the rules um, that I wouldn't know it, you know, even if it, I ran into it or whatever, you know. Uh, wait a minute, that, that would accuse them of being a very poor communicator and having very poorly written rules that are not clear. So the very fact we're told to confess our sins means I can see it. I can see it, okay? When I do it, I can see it. And not only that, it says I can get out of it. Okay, it's, it's not something inborn where, well, I can't get out of that. That's just who I am. And notice that the cleansing there. I mean, man, a fresh start. Uh, okay, I messed up, but you can be forgiven. You know, Christianity, I think, is really the only faith out there that has that sort of forgiveness built into it of what I would call an absolute assurance of forgiveness. Man, we live in a world where well, how do you know you, if there is, well, first of all, if there's no God, there's no need to be forgiven because there's nothing evil. Okay, so that would be it. But man, you're out in the world, you're out in the world. How is there any assurance of forgiveness? In fact, there is no forgiveness in the world. Look at what our culture is doing. Our culture is dredging of things that people did 40 years ago, like when they were in high school or whatever. Okay, man, talk about zero forgiveness. Yikes. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Notice his word not being in us and the phrase his truth not being in us are the same thing. Okay. 
that's an interesting expression because what it means is that when we're when we're not living according to scripture his words have very little impact upon us but when we are walking in the light it means that we're taking his word seriously that is we're actually well, we're acting, we're acting like it's true. <laughs> and I don't even like the word acting. We're, we're living out like this is true. This is real. This is not just some insurance policy that I have here. Jesus really did show up and he really is God. And he is the savior of the world. And he is the Lord. And he's the only way to the father. And the only way to have fellowship with the Father or forgiveness of my sins is to come to him and obey him. And his word is found in your New Testament, and I can understand it, and I can live it, and I can practice it. And if I fall short, I can correct that. And there's no sin out there that I can't get out of with God and with his forgiveness. What a wonderful chapter. Keep on walking in the light, my friend. Until next time, Mark Dunningham for The Daily Answer. See you in the funny papers.